Hello and welcome to another edition of the Richard Haynes Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Richard Haynes of Manhattan Pacific Realty, where we focus on South Bay real estate here in the Los Angeles area, Manhattan Beach, Hermosa Beach, Redondo Beach, and the Palos Verdes Peninsula. Welcome back. It is June 25th, 2021. We are approaching the Independence Holiday, 4th of July. I personally can't wait. I hope we all get out there, have a great time. It's been a long time coming to have a really good, normal summer. And my hope is the real estate market will take a pause for a week or so and let everyone get back to neutral, rest up, enjoy, get back after it post-holiday. For this week's episode, we're going to be talking about three topics, much like we always do. Topic number one is going to be talking about some amazing growth that we've been seeing on the Palos Verdes Peninsula, an area just perfectly set up for a pandemic flight and the strength that continues there even as we're easing up from the pandemic. Number two, I'm going to be talking about the need to be nimble in this environment. Talk about how there's been a surge in condo prices, how certain assets in the real estate market have gone up, others have softened up, and how you need to be able to change your thesis and your real estate plan, really, it seems like every few months. And then topic number three, this real estate market is at all-time highs and why it's not such a bad thing that everyone makes it out to be. In the past, maybe it was a little bit more worrisome, but I'm going to talk about why all-time highs in the real estate market at this current moment are not such a bad thing. So without further ado, let's get into this week's podcast. So topic number one, there's just been some amazing Palos Verdes growth on the Hill for obvious reasons, thanks to the pandemic this year. I'm going to be diving into Palos Verdes estates more than other cities. All cities on the Hill have had an incredible run. Behind the gates and rolling hills used to be the most underperforming market in the South Bay. Now it's the best performing market. Went from barely moving over a 10-year period since the Great Recession to having just insane growth. It's been strong throughout the hill, but I'm going to give you guys some numbers in PVE just to kind of shrink it down. In Palos Verdes Estates in 2017, price per square foot in PVE was about $6.97 a square foot. Today, it's $8.42. I mean, we're approaching $1,000 a square foot in Palos Verdes Estate on all sales. And going back to that 2017 number at $6.97 a square foot, it only jumped $32 a square foot over a two-year period. That's a very small number, 2%, 3% up over two years, and then this jump to 842 two years later. That's a 20% increase in you know almost four years. And we've seen in the last two years a 15, over 15% increase in price per square foot in Palos Verdes Estates. It's been quite amazing. I want to drill home the point 
of, look, if you bought in 2017, you had muted growth for the first couple of years, and then we've exploded the last two years. 15% growth over two years, the past two years, it's a big number for real estate, but it's not running away from you, especially with the interest rate drops. 20% growth for PVE over the past four years has been pretty strong. The 15% in the past two years has been amazing. If you've owned for four years, you've done really well. If you haven't bought yet, you know what? You can still make prices work at these interest rates. I'm not saying you must sell or you must buy. Do it at your own pace. And while Palos Verdes Estates has performed very, very well, you're still in a good spot, whether you're an owner or a buyer. Palos Verdes Drive North is something I want to bring up, which has contributed to some of this meteoric rise in PVE. In the past, you could get really big homes for under $2 million. And now we're seeing newer homes on PV Drive North sell for 3 million bucks. And that's competing with sales on Via Palomino and Via La Selva selling in the mid three, so three and a half million. People are buying the drive for just half a million dollars less, which is pretty incredible. And when you have essentially the busiest street in PV hitting 3 million bucks, that's a big floor of support and a big driver for the area. Over the past year, we've also seen some sales that did not sell in 19 or 20 come out and ask more than what they didn't sell for and get multiple offers and go over asking. It's been quite an amazing run. And then just to kind of, or not really top off things, but to kind of emphasize some of that amazing run, I mean, anything affordable in PVE, I'm not talking about the big homes, 3 million plus. Hey, 15 to 2,000 square foot entry level home that's relatively turnkey, these are all getting $1,000 a square foot. So PVE has just taken off like a rocket, and in some instances, the affordability, or at least the affordable homes, $1,000 a square foot, as if you're buying by the beach, which used to never happen on the hill. You always used to get a deal for going up to PV, and that looks to be no longer. It's competing with the beach. And last but not least with PVE, what I'm seeing with some clients is, is they are having trouble also finding kind of the higher level luxury, ready to go, not six, seven, $10 million home sales, but the two to four million range of homes there are a lot of people out there that can afford that, and it's just hard to find good properties. And when one comes, they go fast. And when they go and the next one comes, there's this FOMO that buyers are going, we can't miss this $3.2 million home again or this $3.5 million home. And they'll make sacrifices and pay up for the next one that may not be worth as much or need more work and they just don't want to swing and a miss again. I've seen that multiple times in Lanata Bay, client purchasing a great property for three and a half million. Another one comes two weeks later, asking 150,000 more. The location may be a little bit better, but needs a heck of a lot more work. They come out asking 150 grand more multiple offers going higher same scenario in an upper lanata bay uh home great property 3.3 million multiple offers one lucky winner 
Another place comes a week or two later, slightly better location. They ask 100, 150 higher, multiple offers in escrow, and I would have taken the previous listing over that one. So there's a little bit of FOMO happening in kind of that $3 million range just because it's so hard to find something and people are swinging and missing and don't want to miss out on the next one. It's been truly incredible with PV. So we'll leave that topic as is. You guys can click the blog I've written about and given those specific examples. Moving on to topic number two, I want to emphasize the need for you to be nimble in this market. Back in December, January-ish, maybe even February, I was writing blogs and talking about how condos were incredibly undervalued. We were still just in the coming out of the teeth of the pandemic. Vaccines were just starting to get rolled out, and condos had underperformed single-family homes in a big way. Well, look, condos have been exploding back to life. I thought it would be a second-half event. It started very early in 2021, people started to figure out that condos and townhomes were undervalued and we were coming out of this pandemic with vaccines. I've had clients call me and go, you said condos were a good buy. I want to buy for one year and then I might move out of state or I might buy a home. And I've had to tell them, hey, the run's already started. It's speculative to buy for one year. I think you need to back off on it. To give you an example, Home sales, and I talked about this in my last quarterly report, the second quarter numbers are going to be amazing because our comps are so easy. Back in 2020, when the pandemic was taking hold, there just weren't sales going on. But single family home sales in May are 80% higher than they were in May of last year. That's an easy comp, okay? But to give you an idea, condo sales, just to show the difference that condos have now caught up, Condo sales are up 150% from May of 2020, and prices are up 3.9% just from last month. So not month compared to last year, but from, what is that, April, May, January, February, March, April, May, okay, April. So just last April, we're up almost 4% in one month in condo sales. So I just want you guys to realize you have to be nimble in this environment. We have seen tenants of ours who were paying throughout the pandemic stop paying last month because they know the eviction protections may run out and they want to assert some of those protections. And that's changed the whole game for us on how we're investing in our low-income housing communities. And if we're deciding to build ADUs, which I was bullish on last year because I thought construction would fall off a cliff, now it's come roaring back and there's shortages. We've changed some opinions on ADUs. So you guys, you have to be extremely nimble in this market because you could have $3 million homes in PV having a FOMO to affordable properties getting $1,000 a square foot to condos surging faster than we thought they were to tenants not paying because eviction. There are so many moving parts to this market. You have to constantly be changing your thesis almost every month for certain every quarter the game changes so you've got to be in touch with your realtor you've got to be studying the numbers and you've got to be actively in the market feeling 
out these ebbs and flows of where money is going to the properties and you've got to take advantage of the underperforming or the laggards and you've got to maybe take a step back from the ones that are outperforming. So I really want you guys to understand that, hey, condos have taken off. It's not that I don't believe they'll still run. I do. But if you were looking for a short-term flip type of play, a lot of that surge has already been built in and you've got to be a little bit more longer term in condos just to make sure that you are avoiding any ups and downs. So I'm all over the place talking about being nimble. That's partially because this market is all over the place figuring itself out, okay? Be nimble. I'm going to have a lot of good information next month on the quarterly numbers for quarter number two. And then we're going to talk about quarter number three and going, is there this summer swoon that might come where I've advised clients, get your darn home on the market two months ago because this summer travel season that everyone wants to get away and vacation for the first time in 18 months that could have a drag on the housing market we may have a slower summer not you know price decreases but maybe just not quite as crazy as we've been the last 12 months or so moving on to topic number three why all-time highs and a booming housing market aren't as bad as it seems right now in the past there have been times I have been not as confident about the housing market, namely because prices were higher, but interest rates were higher, and median prices were getting out of whack with median incomes. Today, having all-time highs, I don't think is such a bad thing. I think you read every article in the newspapers going, we're at all-time highs, no one can afford anything, et cetera, et cetera. Millennials are getting left behind. I just don't think it's that bad of a thing for the economy these days. We have a roaring, booming economy from everyone staying home for the last year. People have saved a ton of money. They haven't gone to restaurants. They haven't vacationed. They haven't bought things for weddings or birthday parties they aren't getting drinks or they haven't gotten drinks for the past 12 months there's pent-up money there are millennials who kept their jobs who tend to be tech workers remote workers etc baby boomers are retiring with all-time highs in their stock portfolios Housing supports 10% of the economy, guys. Housing makes up 10% of the economy. You've got people rushing out to buy cars, used cars and new cars, rushing out to buy houses, furniture. Housing supports 10% of the economy, and we have this reopening effect where restaurants are going to boom again, hotels are going to boom again, sports are going to boom again, and you've got people still with money in their pockets to buy homes. You've got millennials coming of age, having children. It's just kind of this flywheel that I think is taking effect where affordability is still 26% for the state of California. That's a good clip. And boomers are retiring and selling their homes. Millennials are taking over those higher paying jobs. They're starting to start families. It's just not out of whack right now, especially if interest rates stay where they are. 
All these businesses are going to make more money. Employees will be able to pay their bills. Millennials are growing their careers. They're the biggest driver of home buying these days. Their income is keeping up with a lot of these home prices. So the South Bay here is kind of the best of both worlds where if the pandemic hangover of, hey, I want more space, backyard play, well, the beach cities deliver the beach and it's not the snarling city of Los Angeles and PV is that rural area of the South Bay that really appeals to people. But on the flip side, if you're going back to work this summer or in the fall in downtown or Century City or wherever you need to commute, well, PV and the beach cities are still a darn good commute and you kind of want to stay because of the great public schools and all that the area has to offer and you'll go battle that commute because hey you got a lot of podcasts to catch up on so i just think we're in a really good spot we're at all-time highs i don't think it's a bad thing i think incomes in the market can support it we are sure going to have a strong finish to 2021 and then we'll reevaluate in 2022. But if we have this economic boom in 2021, I think it could spill over into 2022 as long as interest rates are held into check. And I just don't foresee that based on what Jerome Powell of the Federal Reserve has been talking about recently, although that could change in a heartbeat with inflation data that's been coming out. So I'll leave it there. Maybe a little bit more opinionated anecdotal podcast this week. I promise next podcast will be post July 4th. We will have the second quarter numbers and we'll really let the numbers do the talking next podcast. I'll bring up how PV's performing Hermosa Redondo in Manhattan Beach and give you guys more insight into how those markets are functioning as well into the third quarter. So everyone have a happy 4th of July. Happy Independence Day. Take it easy, spend time with friends and family, kick your feet up, and have a great start to your summer. I will see you next time on the Richard Haynes Real Estate Show. Take care.